Hi, my name is David Trotter, and you're tuning in to The Soul Rich Woman Show with Janisha Allura. A strong and independent woman is something to behold. She pays her own bills, buys her own things, and she doesn't let a man affect her stability or self-confidence. She is a soul-rich woman. Are you ready to be rich doing what you love? Be on purpose and in control of your life again. At For Women Who Love the F Word podcast, we will be openly talking about getting more clients online, getting recognition as the leader and female entrepreneur, and also the F Word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. It's time to own and love the F Word. Welcome to the show. And welcome to Soul Rich Woman Show. Today we have a really special guest with us. His name is David Trotter, and he's a transformation coach and author of Empowered to Rise: The Secret to Embracing Your True Identity, Uncovering Your Superpowers, and Bring Inspiration to the World. He's also the host of Inspiration Rising, a podcast dedicated to inspiring women and the men who support them to rise up in life, love, and leadership. Through his launch, Your Life Online course and coaching experience, he helps women and men overcome painful life transitions and develop a workable plan to make lasting changes. He has over 25 years of experience, okay? He is super amazing, super awesome because I met him on his show where he interviewed me. And then... You know, he's so cool because he interviews women and I just felt that he is super, like has this personal touch and I'm just going to share him with you. So welcome, David, to the show. Thank you so much. It's an absolute honor to be here. It really is. Thank you. Now, David, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, Like, you know, what do you do and how's your journey like as an individual? Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, I am a transformation coach and the host of the Inspiration Rising podcast. And uh, I love helping people get unstuck and clarify their goals and take their life to the next level. That's kind of a thread uh, that interweaves through the last 25 years of my life. Out of college, I was in the corporate world for several years. And then I actually went into full-time Christian ministry as a pastor for over a decade and helped start churches here in the United States. But about uh, 12 years ago, I found that I was burned out and overwhelmed and frankly, just a workaholic. And I kind of hit a rock bottom in my life and I had to figure out a way to relaunch my life, kind of build it from the ground up. And so uh, over the last 12 years, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of entrepreneurial things, have my own marketing business that I still run today, as well as I've been a filmmaker. I've done four, produced and directed four feature films, three documentaries on social justice issues, as well as a scripted feature film, written a number of books. But the thing that I love doing more than anything else really flows through Inspiration Rising, and that's helping people get unstuck and find the life that they really want to become, as you would say, a soul-rich woman. And I remember you mentioning about how you also got um, stuck at some point, you know, burnout and, you know, you're going through your own struggles. Could you share with us a little bit more about that and how you overcame them? Mm, well, as a pastor in the United States, there are opportunities to 
care for a lot of people, right? But also in the same way that you would grow a business, you can also grow a church. And for people who aren't a part of that world, that can seem foreign. Like, oh, a church is just kind of a thing that you go to and then, you know, leave and who knows what the pastor does midweek. Well, in the United States, there's a, a, there's a huge desire for churches to grow, to impact more people. The challenge with that comes in, Janisha, when if I as an individual am trying to fill what I would almost call a black hole inside of me through accomplishments, I'm doing it out of a motive that's trying to fill me up rather than doing it out of a motive of an overflow of generosity and serving others. So sometimes we can be doing things in life. For instance, I meet a lot of women in the United States that are doing the right thing by serving their family, uh, helping the kids, supporting the husband. Meanwhile, they're finding themselves to feel overwhelmed and burned out from doing the right thing, right? Doing the responsible thing. But at the same time, they're going, what about my soul? What is going on inside of me? How am I taking care of myself? And I found that for me, even as a pastor, I was not taking care of myself. I wasn't taking care of my soul. I wasn't um, providing myself with uh, mental health, physical exercise, relational uh, connectedness. I was really flowing from more of a place of drivenness, trying to perform to get people to approve of me. Uh, rather than coming from a place of a solid foundation, a sense of generosity, a sense of serving others out of an abundance mentality. And, uh, and, and when, when I get into a place like that, it's not healthy for me and it's not healthy for most people. And so I found myself in a, just an overwhelmed, burned out place. I was disconnected from my wife. I wasn't enjoying my kids and uh, I hit a rock bottom. Uh, I definitely hit a rock bottom 12 years ago. And how did you first had that awareness? I mean, for people to change, first you must have that awareness, right? And you transformed yourself from having that awareness and then crossing over to become victorious. So share with us on that that piece. You are digging deep, Janisha. You are just going for it. You're like, I want the details. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you the details. Here, Here's the challenging part. And it's humbling. I actually, um, instead of getting the help that I needed, um, I chose to move toward a uh, unhealthy decision that ended up costing me a lot of my life. Now, some people move toward overeating. Some people move toward gambling, alcohol, drugs. These are all coping mechanisms, right? In order to make us feel better in those moments. Mm. For me, I actually chose to have a relationship with a woman other than my wife. And uh, I made that decision as a way to kind of almost um, pull, pull, the, uh, pull the parachute, almost pull the um, kind of to jump out of the plane, so to speak, rather than having to figure out a way to land the plane. So the plane was the vision that I had for my life, for the church. And instead, what I did was I bailed. You know, I figured out, I just want to start over. And rather than getting the help that I needed, I said, I just want to start over with my life, a fresh start. Now, here's what I'll tell you. I didn't work out well, Janisha. It, it went really bad. 
Um, I actually, the woman that I ended up connecting with, um, she ended up uh, leaving me after about a month. And I found myself unable to function in life. I, I just, I hit rock bottom. And uh, I ended up checking myself into a mental hospital here in the United States for three days in order to get my head straight and clear. And it took a couple of weeks after that for me to come out of a dark place where I'll be honest with you, I wanted to end my life. Uh, I had thrown away all my education because it was in ministry. I had thrown away my, my uh, career, right? Because once you do something like that, people don't trust you. I had thrown away my marriage and a connection with my kids. And the only thing, Janisha, that prevented me from ending my life was that I did not want my kids to have a legacy of suicide in their life. And after a couple of weeks, uh, something jolted within me and I started to, uh, I would say, come to my senses. Uh, I reached out to my wife and um, deeply apologized and uh, sought forgiveness. I didn't seek to come back with her. I just took responsibility for my inappropriate decisions. And I was a mess. Um, and uh, she and I worked very hard through a lot of counseling, a lot of forgiveness. And six months later, I ended up moving back into our family's home. And we have uh, just celebrated, well, we're coming up on 26 years of marriage. Um, I love her more than ever. Um, I love being with my family. My kids are 20 and 16 and um, one's in college, one's in high school. And um, that's, the, that's the reality, right? If, if we don't get help when we're feeling overwhelmed and we turn to coping mechanisms or ways of trying to um, make ourselves feel better rather than dealing with the actual problems, we end up making some decisions that hurt ourselves and hurt other people. And, um, and that's one of the reasons why I do what I do is because I don't want other people to choose um, to make choices out of desperation. I want to help women and the men who support them get the help they need before they make a decision like that. Right. And that's, that's, that's what I'm all about. And would your book be related to your journey or would that be also the, you know, including the tools um, and coping mechanisms to help people, you know, understand themselves better so that they can launch their life? Absolutely. I talk about it a little bit. You know, I don't talk about um, that relationship very much these days because it's been so long ago. It was 12 years ago and um, I'm in a totally different place in life, but it is part of my story. And so I refer to it a little bit in the book. The key is that when we embrace our true identity, we're coming from a place of health. So I believe that your true identity, Janisha, is that you are inspired. You are already inspired. It's not a matter of a feeling. It's a matter of your identity. The word inspire means to be divinely breathed into, that there is a divine breath inside of you. And because you have a divine breath, that you have been created by the divine, whatever you call that divine, I oftentimes call that divine uh, God or universe, right? Different people for uh, different names for different people. Uh, because you have been created by the divine, you are already inspired. You are already enough 
You don't have to do or be anything else to be enough, just as you are. That's part of your identity. And you are already loved. You don't have to do or be anything else to be loved. Why? Because the divine loves you. So once we embrace that identity, that's our true identity. I believe that uh, no matter if you've ever graduated from college or university, no matter if you've ever been successful in a career, no matter if you've ever won a beauty pageant or not, mm -hmm, no matter if you've uh, been married, divorced uh, 20 times, if you haven't been able to have kids, all those things, that's not your true identity right? Those are parts of, of our identity that our culture wants to put on us. But our true identity, the deep down part, the part that can't change, it's not circumstantial, is that you are inspired, you're breathed into existence by God, you're enough, you're already enough. You don't have to do or be anything else in order to be enough, and you're loved. Once you embrace that, then I'm coming from a place of an overflow of abundance and generosity, and I'm not trying to be someone else, right? I'm not trying to put on a facade. I'm not trying to prove myself to you. I don't have to prove myself to you, Janisha, in order for my identity to be strong and, 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 and uh, powerful, right? In, um, in the United States, when I was growing up, there was a uh, space program called the, the Space Shuttle. I don't know if you remember that. It's been uh, you know, a long time ago. But as a kid, uh, I would watch these space shuttle launches on television. And everybody'd be looking at the space shuttle. And it's so exciting. Everybody's looking at the, the rocket, but nobody's looking at the foundation. Nobody's looking at the launch pad, right? That's a boring thing to look at. And yet, if that rocket was not on a strong foundation, there's no way that it would be able to launch high and rise up, right? It would just burn up if, if the launch pad was like wood or, you know, sand or hay or, you know, something like that. So that's why embracing your true identity, Janisha, that is the foundation of your life. And if you have a solid foundation, okay, then you can rise up. Then you can be propelled. But if I'm always trying to prove myself based on where I live, the car I drive, the clothes that I wear, how fancy my nails are, the, you know, my education, the size of my bank account, none of that matters, right? When it comes to your true identity. Okay. That's the foundation of my life. And that's really powerful. And I can see that you are definitely a person of influence. And that's part of what we believe here in Soul Rich Woman. You know, really the magic wand when we talk about being a woman of influence or a person of influence, having that irresistible offer that, you know, connects with the audience. And then, of course, gathering them in one pool where you can continuously engage them and inspire them. Now, that you also have your podcast for the past one year and that you're launching a book, you have a business, you have an awesome, beautiful family. How... Do you think um, a person of influence uh, should or better manifest their his or her you know um, persona or influence so that more people can be inspired? Because you did yeah. your podcast in a year, right? I mean, you just launched in a year, and you're gonna have a book soon. So, how does all these things come together? Yeah, well, for me, it's got to flow out of a clear vision. So, once I have that. Uh, 
true identity as my foundation, I've got to ask myself, what do I want to see? What do I want to do in terms of that next level of my life? It's not about goals. It's about a mental picture of my preferable future. It's a mental picture of what I want to see, what I prefer to see in the world in the future. So uh, I usually will capture a vision for my life or cultivate a vision for my life on more of a short term. I don't, I'm not necessarily thinking my whole life because so many things can change. Every time I created a film, I did four films over the course of eight years. They take me about two years each. Um, I have a mental picture, a vision of how I want that film to come out. And the, and here's the mental picture, all right? I'm standing on the edge of the theater. The theater is full of people. I've got my diet, Dr. Pepper, and my popcorn in my hand, and I'm watching people smiling and laughing and crying, and their lives have been impacted by this film. That's the mental picture uh, in uh, for creating that film. Now, the film itself, I have thoughts of how I wanted to turn out, but anytime I'm overwhelmed in the process of making that film, I go back to that vision, back to that mental picture and go, okay, I can see myself on the edge of the theater. I can see in that moment. And then when the film comes out and I'm standing there and the vision comes to fruition, I feel it. I feel the excitement. I feel the energy. I feel the enthusiasm. So the first thing that somebody's got to do is they've got to capture a vision for what they want to accomplish. And it's not necessarily a goal, but it's a mental picture. It's something that they can see with their mind's eye that would embody what they want to do in this world. So before you can ever have a podcast, you've got to see it in your in your vision. You got to see it in your mind. Before you ever uh, create a product, you've got to see the end consumer enjoying that product and having fun with it, and their life is transformed by it. Before you ever see your your family in a different place financially, you've got to see it. Right? You got to see it in your mind's eye and feel what that feels like. That's the first step. That's really. Cool. <laughs> really having a vision. Uh, without vision, you know, human will perish, right? So I just want to ask this, uh, which is which intrigued me because you talk about vision. You talk about you know having strategies to launch your life, get unstuck. What are the myths or top myths that a person has, or, or, or the man or woman has about you know? themselves not being empowered to rise? What are the most commonalities that you see um, in your entire career? Mm -hmm. Well, it starts, I, I believe that that negativity, those myths about what they can't be comes from three places. All right. The first one is what I call our home of origin, your family. So depending on who, how you grew up, you may have grown up with your mom and dad or an aunt and uncle or grandparents or foster care or whatever it might be. Um, our families do the best they can with the skills they have, but they have certain expectations of us, certain ways of operating. And those expectations, those certain values, the ways of operating can either propel us or they can limit us. So um, I'll tell you, my parents did a wonderful job. They propelled me in tons of different ways. But I also, you know, as in the same way, Janisha, I'm limiting my kids and I don't even know it. As a parent, 
you know, you, you try your best, but you know, you're screwing up somehow, you, you know, that they're, they're having challenges somehow, you, you're not perfect. My, um, one of the things that my dad wasn't so great at because he was a strong introvert, very intellectual person. He, um, did not talk to people in public at all. In fact, he went out of his way not to talk to people. It was almost like, um, there was a sense that people were either out to get you, like they weren't gonna, you know, it was like, they were dangerous in some way, not necessarily physically, but just like stay away from people. Well, I grew up with that inside of me. That was a limitation, right? And so because of that, that becomes a myth in my own life. Don't talk to people. They're dangerous. They're scary. They're weird. You know, whatever it might be. Okay. Well, you didn't have that in your family, Janisha, but you had something else in your home of origin. You had something that perhaps might have held you back in some way because of a value or a thought process or an experience in your home of origin. So that's the first thing. When somebody's getting ready to take their life to the next level, they've got to look at their home of origin and say, what are those things that maybe I picked up on that are not helpful for me? The second is what I call the playground. The playground. in the United, I don't know what you call it in Singapore. But in the United States, we have, um, during the middle of school, most kids get to play on the playground. Like it's a, was that, was that, that's the right word for you? Is that right? Yes, it's the same. Okay, same, same. Okay. It's like at recess. We call it recess. It's like a break during school. Kids can be brutal. You know that, Janisha. We've talked about that, right? With the bullying and the name calling. And so there are things that happen to us early in life that stick to our minds and our hearts. And uh, we get made fun of in ways that that don't just go in one ear and out the other, right? In, in the United States, we have this saying that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, yes, I have heard that before. Okay. So words do hurt you. They hurt a lot. They hurt really bad. And so those can be limiting factors and beliefs that hold us back. And we believe those myths. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the right clothes. I don't, whatever it is, right? Boys don't love me or like me or whatever it is. That's the second one. The third way that we get held back and have myths that come into our life is culture in general. Okay. First is family of origin, home of origin. Second is the playground. Third is culture in general. Culture is designed, specifically our capitalistic marketing-oriented culture, is designed to tell you, Janisha, you will not be an amazing woman if you don't have this type of makeup. You will not be a true businesswoman if you don't have this certain outfit, or you don't have this certain car, or you don't live in a certain place right? That's, that's what we're sold. We open up any magazine, websites. It's a, your life is not going to be complete until you have this. That's a way of selling things. Well, we actually start to believe that. And so I work with a lot of women that think, oh man, I don't have the right tools. I don't have the education. People are selling me that I should have the right outfit or that I should look a certain way. I should be a certain uh, shape, body, right? Oh man, our culture really presents a certain shape woman that is going to be a successful, attractive, sexy woman. That's a myth. 
right? And our culture propagates that. So I find that those three areas, our home of origin, the playground, and culture in general, uh, end up providing myths that are unique to each one of us because we all go through different experiences in life that end up holding us back from rising up to be who we can be. Yep, that's probably true as well, even in Southeast Asia. I mean, there's a lot of um, cultural um, stigmas that you know, ties around women as well in rising up. You know, if you were to do a full-time entrepreneurship, you'd be judged and um, stigmatized if you come from Vietnam because, um, you know, being in a job, having a family, raising children is the way it's supposed to be. But I'm yeah. glad over the last five years, uh, six years, I've seen really women rising up and things are starting to change. But it was only possible um, for it to change when influencers like us come together and speak about it and raise our voices together and be heard and shine and then lead so that we can change the world together, right? So right. right now you're interviewing so many women and before that, I mean, how do you even recognize that power of voice to you know, lead through your voice and the other women's voices to shine. I mean, podcasting, I know it's big time in the US, but first of all, I mean, you're a guy and then you, you, you still, you take a step forward and without barriers, you just went ahead and speak to so many women. I mean, how do you first make the connection? Number two, why do you even start a podcast? And you, when do you decide to let your voice um, shine together with the other women? Yeah. So in late 2018, I was talking to my wife and I said, I don't want to do another film right now because they take so long and they, um, they are, there's just so much work. There's so much effort and the impact is from year to year, right? Versus I want to make a difference on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. So I said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a podcast in uh, 2019 and you know, one of the first questions that you've got to ask, you know this, Janisha, is you've got to go, well, who's the audience? Who's the intended audience? Who's, who is this for? And so, you know, I looked at my wife and I said, all right, who, who are the people that have been most positively impacted by my work through my years of ministry, through filmmaking, through the writing that I've done, through the marketing business? I said, I think it's women. I think women kind of even age 30 to 60 tend to be the people that are most drawn to my work. And I don't even, I don't even know why it is, Janisha, and I have no clue. But I said, Laura, how do you feel, you know, about me doing this? It's, you know, a little different. I don't know any guys who are just interviewing women around personal development and life change. And she said, yeah, of course, go for it. You're great at it. So I started the Inspiration Rising podcast in a year ago, January 2019. We've had almost 100 episodes so far. And I felt a little weird about it in the beginning. I would interview someone and I would say, I, uh, I, you know, I'm doing this thing. It's for women. And eventually one of my guests said, David, quit talking about it. Just be you. And the women who get it will get it. And the ones who don't, they'll just keep on going. So just do it for the people who right will embrace it and enjoy it. And it has been uh, difficult. I, I, I don't get on many podcasts that are led by women because oftentimes they only have women on their podcast, you know? And so I'm very thankful for your willingness to have me on 
despite the fact that I'm not a woman. Yeah, the reason because I just felt a connection and because your podcast interview women. So I think that um, women should have the resources that you have gathered. And I think it's really powerful significantly because for us is to help women to own and have the effort being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence and above all family, which you have it. So of now, all- I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm <laughs> going to interrupt you because that's not the only reason. You told me the other day, you go, a bunch of guys want to be on my podcast, but they're all way too masculine. And I was like, oh, I see how it is. So I'm not masculine at all is basically what you're saying. I get it. No, it's not about just the masculine part of whether you're <laughs> feminine or not or masculine or not. It's like when they talk about work, you know, how women are, it's never just about business, 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 business all the way. It's not just about money, money, money all the way. But I yeah. felt that you brought up, uh, you know, the key elements of how women could possibly function to launch their life, to first be empowered to rise and then get the equipment or tools to move forward. So this is to me important because when we put women and men on the racetrack, in, in front of the men, there's always the briefcase, the, the work, you know, but in front of a woman, there's always the children, the laundry, the washing machine, the, the kids' homework, and many other things that prevents the woman from living the best of who she can be. So for you, which one is your favorite F word? Is it fabulous? Is it freedom? Is it financial independence or is it family? Mm, well, I mean, I think the right answer is family, is it not, Janisha? I think I better say that one. Uh, I mean, I, I, I love my family. I love spending time with them. That's my favorite thing to do. And that is different. You know, when I was a workaholic and driven in that way, um, I saw that my family was almost like uh, in the way of what I wanted to do rather than seeing it as a sense of uh, groundedness because I'm such a type A driven type of person. Um, I have to say that my family and my wife really grounds me in a way that feels like there's peace. I did not have much peace in my life because I was so go, 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 go all the time. And since my kind of burnout or rock bottom experience, I have found that peace is really a number one value that I need in my life. Because if I don't feel centered and at peace, I'm not going to be able to just be present with you. I'm going to be thinking about all the different things that I need to do. Otherwise, no, no, no. I'm just present with you. I'm, all I'm thinking about is uh, our conversation right now because I'm at peace, right? Well, my family helps ground me and creates that in my life. Um, I love all the other ones, of course, too. Freedom and uh, I've, I've gotten the last uh, 12 years, I've gotten to travel around the globe uh, to different places. I've been to India like nine or 10 times doing humanitarian work, Taipei, Taiwan, Dubai, Nicaragua, all sorts of places, Bangkok, Thailand. Um, I love all of those cities. I have gotten to travel there in the last decade. So that's, that's a fun part of freedom as well. And to you, who and what is a soul rich woman? Hmm. Wow. Well, I think it goes back to a sense of that woman knowing her true identity, that her soul, it starts in her soul. It doesn't start with her pocketbook. It doesn't start with her bank account. It doesn't even start with her outward appearance, right? That's all beautiful. I enjoy that. It's, it's super fun. But 
It starts in the soul that there is a confidence in knowing who she is, that she knows that she's inspired, that she knows that she's enough, that she doesn't need a man to make her enough, right? She doesn't even need girlfriends to make her enough. She is enough in and of herself and to know that she's already loved. One of the challenging things that I find, and this is with everybody, but particularly women, if there is not an awareness that she's already loved, she will then begin to seek uh, a partner to fulfill that sense of love because she can't first love herself. So if she can feel secure in her identity that she is uh, divinely inspired, she's enough right with who she is, and that she's loved, that is a woman who is rich in her soul, right? That is super powerful and super attractive, super attractive um, to uh, the opposite sex, but it's also just attractive in business. It's attractive to other women. Other women want to follow a woman who is a soul rich woman, right? Women don't want to follow someone who is just putting up a facade because eventually that facade will drop. Eventually we'll see that woman without her makeup on. Okay. Mm. That's not going to, right? But if she's authentic, no matter what she looks like, she's beautiful. Wow. Great way to really put it into context. So what is the favorite book that you are reading right now or you have read before? Well, uh, I would say my favorite book of all time is by Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. It's an oldie, uh, but that book transformed my life. I grew up in a home where my dad worked for the government here in the United States, and my mom worked in uh, like an administrative assistant in the mortgage industry, banking industry. And my parents are super faithful. I mean, faithful. They nine to five job, day in and day out, get the paycheck and provide everything I ever needed. But the idea of being an entrepreneur was something very foreign to me. I don't even know what I thought all these, where businesses came from. I, I don't know if they just appeared out of the ground or something. Like somebody actually had to start every single business, Janisha, every single one we see, somebody had to be an entrepreneur to start that business. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that as a kid. I didn't even think about that in college. I just had grown up in an environment where my parents did, right? Eight to five, the right thing. Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek is an extraordinary book. I'm sure it's in all the languages of your listeners. Uh, it's a very well-known book. And it's all about how you can maximize your life rather than um, waiting until you retire to enjoy life. It's all about maximizing your life now creating systems of automation so that you can enjoy life now and have financial freedom. And that book opened my mind up to thinking in a whole new way. And I'm forever indebted to Tim Ferriss. I've gotten a chance to meet him. He's got a huge podcast here in the United States. Um, he's very, he's, he's, he's moved into the medical world, talking a lot about biohacking and all of that a lot now that may not be of interest to your uh, listeners. Um, and it's less interesting to me than his earlier work, but a phenomenal book. People should definitely get it. And what would be the one advice for women who are sitting on the fence right now, uh, you know, whether they want to embark on a business or they want to 
you know, really get out of their home to do something for themselves or to even chase their dreams? What advice would you give them? I believe everybody needs uh, three things when they're going to take their life to the next level. One is they need a, a, a coach. They need somebody that they can look to, to provide them some guidance, motivation, encouragement. That's the first thing. The second is they need a workable plan, some sort of plan. It can't just be fly by the seat of your pants. Oh, I'm just going to maybe do this one day and do this the next. It won't work. It won't get you where you want to go. Got to have a plan of action. And the third is you need a community that cares about you. People that will uh, uh, cheer you on and love you and care for you when things are going challenging and also provide you with support and uh, maybe shared resources. So those three things, a coach, a, a workable plan, and a community that cares about you. And I, that's one of the things that I love about Soul Rich Woman is in reality, they get all three, right? Because they're, they're, they've got you, right? That's loving them, cheering them on, providing them with resources and other leaders that you have in your organization. They're developing a plan because you're giving them content and resources on a regular basis. And they've got a community of people because you've got so many people that are a part of your organization, right? They can draw upon those resources. You got to have all three of those. You can't do it alone. Anything great I've done in my life, I've had somebody that was a coach. I may not have called them a coach. I may have called them a professor, a guide, a mentor, you know, something like that. But in a sense, in essence, it's somebody who's been where I want to go, somebody that I can follow. Wow. Because alone we are strong, together we are unstoppable. You got it. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, how can my audience reach you? Yeah, so our website is insporising.com, I-N-S-P-O-R-I-S-I-N-G.com. And that's uh, links to all of our social media. Um, our book will become available, uh, the book will become available late February. They can sign up for our email list there. Uh, I have an Inspiration Rising Manifesto. Anybody who requests this, I'll send it anywhere in the world. I wrote a manifesto from uh, for our community, something that embodies what it means to uh, embrace your true identity. And so I'll send this little card to anybody in the world. Uh, they can get that on our website. And of course, our podcast. We've got about uh, almost 100 episodes. And uh, you're going to be on the podcast as well. So that'll be super fun. Yeah. InspoRising.com. That's very good. So would you like to spell that for our audience? I-N-S-P-O, rising, R-I-S-I-N-G.com. All one word, insporising.com. Well, thank you very much, David, for being on our show today. Really appreciate that. You know, the time difference and I feel that being having in being in the online space has really changed the way we communicate. You know, we are I'm here at 7 a.m. and then you're over at the other side of the world at 3 p.m. So really appreciate your time. I hope that you have, you know, really enjoyed today's show. Um, I hope that we have both done everything in our power to make it well worth your time. All the show notes and the links will be placed uh, in, in our website, slowrichwoman.com, and do connect with us and let us know what you think about today's episode. My name is Janisha Alora, signing off. Bye for now. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so honoured that we are connected and I hope that I can continue to serve you as you build your dreams. And if you love this episode, and I hope that you did, rate it 5 stars. Give us that glowing review because it will help more women around the world finding the Soul Rich Woman podcast. Alone you are strong, together we are unstoppable. Now share this with every woman who needs it because this is how we are changing the world, one woman at a time. As always, get out of your comfort zone and go towards the dreams you've always wanted to achieve. For women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. My dear soul rich woman, sending you my love and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.